nothing for it. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Welcome to the Cornhusker Corner with Blake. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And Brooks. Is mayonnaise an instrument? And you better bet your bottom dollar that these two brothers know how to handle business. Here's a hand up to Thunder who gives it back to Mike Stokes. He's going to throw it. He's got a man out here. All right. Welcome to the Corn Husker Corner where there's no place like... This podcast. This podcast. As always, we're your host, Blake, and my brother, Brooks. Brooks. Uh, fair warning, uh, if anybody is uh, listening on our podcast version, um, I just got a new puppy, so if you hear squeaking, um, it is not Scott Frost in the bat cage. it is my puppy. Um, <laughs> so, anyways... Uh, just wanted to give four. It's not me there. making weird noises. No, no, it's, it's not. It's not me. Um, you know, it's not all the coaching candidates I'm holding hostage. So, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's been a it's been a interesting bye week. It's been nice because um, I think I said this about the spring game week like a couple weeks ago or a couple a couple of months ago, but it was nice because we got football and uh, there was no possibility of Nebraska losing. Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of how I felt about this bye week. We got some football, and uh, got some really good games. Actually, I was pretty much watching football from uh, from 11 a.m. all the way until I watched the end of the USC game, and that had to be 12:30. So quite quite a long time. Took a little break. Took a little break in in the middle of the day to to uh, to work out. But I watched the Florida and Tennessee game while I did. So it's it's like I was still watching football. There you go. Um, but it was kind of nice, man. It was actually really nice not having to worry about uh, what what coach is going to get fired after this week or, uh, oh, no, is Nebraska going to win or are they going to lose? Are they going to win by two to an FCS team or are they going to get <laughs> smacked by their you know age-old rival? I mean, there's just none of that this week. Yeah. So it was nice to see. Um, and, and uh, yeah, but, and, and all yeah. the coaching candidates, we had, you know, it's, you also have some interest in the game, too, because the, you want to see their style. Like, as a Nebraska fan, you're just watching all of these games going, okay, what is their identity? Okay, what is their identity? Okay, what is their identity? Yeah. Do I want that identity here? It was just like we're at, like at, a, at, a, at a store or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, kind of, you kind of mentioned one thing that I think we have to touch on before we move on to anything else. Uh, because the last time we recorded was the day of the Oklahoma game. Right, um, right. But Chin, Chin got fired. Chin got fired. Uh, yep, Bill, the Chinny Bush, Chin Chin. Bill Bush is uh, uh, now the interim defense coordinator. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things that, like, we were talking on the last podcast, I think, and I said something along the lines of, you know, it's the same coaches, different players like that's why we didn't have any really issues or concerns about the defense even though if you look on it without the rose-colored glasses that you know nebraska fans tend to do even if you say oh we suck you still have that little bit of "Eh, what if um right well look at if you look at the defenses really he only had one good defense Pretty much. I and mean, yeah, like year. that could be considered good. They improved incrementally every year, and every year they had flashes. That was the other part. Every year they had flashes mm-hmm. of that aggressive play style that, that Chin sort of preached to the media and to the fans. Yeah. Um, like, here's my thing about Chins. I like Chins. I think he's a good guy. I think mm-hmm. that he might even be a good coach. Um, the jury is still out on that one. His 
as of right now, his his resume as a defensive coordinator is good and bad, largely mixed. It's mixed. Mm-hmm. That's all you can really say. So he's he's got stuff to prove on that end. But I I mean, the the thing you mentioned um, about coaches being here that long, it's like, look, it's been obvious. Like what we'll talk about Adrian later. But what did he say after the game? He 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 goes, you know, we have a rock solid culture here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's and he as much as you can say that stuff and try not to have it mean I'm talking about Nebraska. Like it's yeah. hard to not watch that and like be like, yeah, and we really didn't. I mean, he never got it done without with you know. So it's mm-hmm. like, um, Chins has been here for a long time. When you've been here for that long, you've been doing things the same way for a long time too. You probably miss stuff. You know what I mean? It's like it's like the saying, oh, "I need a second pair of eyes," right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you've had the same staff for a long time, you, you end up missing stuff. And I think that's kind of what Mickey served as. Um, Mickey came in and. And really, um, right off the bat, uh, uh, started overhauling the entire recruiting operation of pretty much the entire football team. He came in and was mm-hmm. like, y'all are doing this. No, no, no. We need to be doing this, 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 and this. And to Scott's credit, it seems like largely he listened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whether he was putting in the effort or not. Well, I mean, to be honest, it feels like beating a dead horse right now. And yeah. we don't, like as far as the Scott Frost stuff, I, I remember you hinted at we might talk about it. I haven't wanted to talk about it yet, and I still kind of don't because yeah. um, everyone's heard about all the stuff, and there's specifics and details we could get into when it comes to Frost. But um, I really think that the time for that is going to be the off season. I really want to focus on this team right now and mm-hmm. the coaches right now, um, the coaching search, which is something we got to have to focus on as fans. I mean, it's just yeah. the reality of the situation. Um, but as far as Scott goes, we just don't know what's true, what's not. Um, we'll ha- I feel like. And towards the off season, we'll probably have a clearer and less emotional picture anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of do want to hold off on that stuff, but it does seem like Mickey came in and, and overhauled the whole recruiting operation. Now, if you remember two months ago, they had that dispute with the, with the edge recruit. You remember that where, where Mickey went out and got, um, got Ashley Williams, who was a four-star edge recruit from Louisiana. And he kind of just did it because he liked Mm -hmm. Ashley Williams and thought he could bring a lot to the team. The defensive staff didn't like that he did that because they had another target on board and they only had a certain amount of spots they could fill. The other target on board being Cam Linhart. Cam Linhart was was Chen's guy. So I'm not trying to read too much into that, but, I mean, there's been disagreements and sort of at the – we'll just call it disagreements between the staff on specific recruits and maybe even recruiting philosophies. Um so when Mickey when Mickey gets in charge, to to be honest with you, I don't think that <laughs> I don't think he would have done uh, I don't think he would have fired him before the Oklahoma game under any circumstance, just because how little time he had. Yeah. And to be honest, unless Chin's team came out and just played lights out, like and just showed real improvement and was rallying around yeah. their D coordinator, I I don't think he would have even considered keeping him. Um, because I mean, it was obvious that, that the defensive staff and Mickey have not seen eye to eye, um, for a little while now. Um, now 
he's the head coach now. They got to get on the same page at this point. Before, he was just a wide receiver assistant and associate head coach. And there was probably some of that, well, Frost is our guy. Well, we've been with this guy. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> but see, here's, that, here's, the thing. Right. here's the thing. I mean, you, you, have, you make a bunch of good points. But I think the thing you have to also think from the Mickey point of view is this dude has been in the winning culture. Whatever you say about our culture within the past couple of years, whether they thought they were the winning culture or what they were trying to build, Mickey has been in a winning culture. Right. He's a couple of years out of being on a national championship team that was probably the best college football team in the past past decade, at least. Yeah, a decade so, at least for sure. I yeah. Maybe the, maybe them or uh, it's hard to tell because the COVID year Alabama team was so good, um, but they they just it was just such a such a lopsided weird herky jerky year. And you just don't know what would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, look, Nebraska has done a lot of talking about winning, being in a winning culture, and they've done a lot of talking about culture building and talking about this stuff. But talking about it isn't it. it you know, it's obvious when you're when you're in a winning culture and when you're not. And I I think Nebraska um, needs to go about it in the right way because. There's been plenty of college football teams that are quote-unquote winning teams with quote-unquote winning cultures. But, I mean, look at 2006 Florida. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to sell your soul. My point yeah. is, culture building is a hard ta- job. Urban didn't culture build at Florida. He talent built. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like they had the yeah. greatest culture in the world. They had a great leaders in Tim Tebow, and they had insane talent. But, You're right. You're but right. Nebraska, but, uh, it's it's a ground up operation, and building culture is yeah. hard, man. It's hard. It's hard. It is. It is. Um, I'm very interested to see this week because you know, like you said, I don't think that Chin was very long for this world. Um, oh, that that sounds grim. Very long for this uh, this job. Um, and you know, I think that he probably did. Like, <laughs> I just registered, pro- like in my mind, what you said. Long for yeah, this he, world. <laughs> he probably did. A, he, he probably was going to make that change, but not before like the long rival comes in and literally give your kids zero chance in the game. Yeah, um, zero you know, chance, man. Give him zero chance. Um, now hold on. Now to, it was close to zero, but not now zero. let's be honest. Now hold on. Now let's be honest. Our offense didn't do diddly squat. Our no, offense didn't do anything that right day. Now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like that's my point about Chins is like the de- it was a poor defensive effort. But to me, a even poorer defensive effort was 642 yards to a Sun Belt team at home the week before. In my humble opinion, and because they ha- they had offensive support that game, the offense yeah. played just fine that game. But the other day, the the, <laughs> the defense played terrible. Let's not let's not uh, beat around the bush. But they also had. 12 straight possessions after their first two possessions that lasted a minute and a half. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not going to help you as a defense. You're going to end up playing a hundred snaps. No, for, I mean, for sure, for, for sure, for sure. But I mean, going forward now, it would be, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the kids respond to it because they're obviously going to practice a different way. You can just tell, like he's even come out and said that like they probably weren't practicing how they, they would want to, and but I think if he's coming out and saying that, how bad was it really, and how much are they really going to change mid season? But they had a bye week, so this was the perfect time to make that switch. Um, Let me ask you, what so do you think you about have, that man? The Miles Farmer comments, the 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 tackling, because I've thought about it a lot. 
And it's like, there's no way that we play like we play on defense last year unless we were tackling in practice. There's just no way. But then when you watch Mickey's press conference and you read the political speak that he's giving you, he's telling you plainly what the situation was, which was he asked, he was asked the question. He was asked, uh, uh, what do you think about Miles Farmer's comments? Where were y'all tackling before you got here or when you got here? And here's what he said. He said, since I took over at head coach, we're tackling at practice. And since I've been here, we're tackling in scrimmages. Those were his exact words. Exact. Mm-hmm. And I made sure to get the exact ones because read that. I mean, that tells you everything you needed to know. It, it tells you that when, when he took over as head coach, each and every day they're in pads, they're tackling. But before then, it was not every day. It was only on the scrimmage times, which if you know anything, there was there's like one scrimmage one during spring football and there's like two scrimmages uh, uh, during fall camp, which mm-hmm. is BS. To be honest, like looking back at it, and I, 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 I kind of had some cognitive dissonance and I think kind of every Husker fan did going into this year. But to be honest, with it, it, like you should have seen this coming from on, on April 9th. During that spring game, we should have seen this coming on April 9th during that spring game. And tackle. Right. Yes. When they didn't tackle. And, you know, for all we say about Trev, he's great and he's awesome, but he's only, what, 44 years old, 45 years old. He's not the mm-hmm. oldest guy in the world. Yeah. Um, and so now he knows. If we see a spring game that looks like that, <laughs> start looking for candidates. <laughs> start, start looking for candidates. <laughs> No, you're right. You're right. And, you know, I think it didn't come from a place of this isn't going to prepare us the best. It came from a place of we don't want to get our guys hurt because I don't think we have as much depth as it always does. It always does. And, and, you know, so it didn't come from a place of I want this team to fail. Of course. um, But I think it's going to be interesting now going forward, seeing what how the defense looks. It's going to be a good indicator because you know indiana they got walloped this past week but they were playing a very good cincinnati team that is always prepared and has a very good head coach so yes they're gonna they're gonna come it's in lincoln right mm-hmm. it is yeah. okay so, th- it's, so in lincoln. Gonna, it's our last home come. game for a little bit okay so they're gonna come into lincoln uh and you know we'll see we'll see how the defense looks um because they have an offense that you know Okay, how our defense is playing, there's no offense outside of maybe Iowa that could move the ball with ease on us. I mean, Iowa's offense is from the 1890s, so that's not a good representation. I mean, the the, – here's the thing, man. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's going to be an indicator. We have a tendency to to make every single offense we play just look like the most dynamic (laughs) offense in the country, man. We do. That that is like a a talent that Nebraska has. And I'll say this. We've had a string of bad coaches, but it, it seems like it's been, regardless of any coach, that's sort of been the case for a little while that we've, we've, we've had a tendency to make teams look way freaking better than they are. And, um, you know, I, I really think that's a result of the way we've been practicing. Like I've said, it's not rocket science, man. I understand, like you said, that, you know, you're, you're looking out for your players, um, their injuries and, and keeping them healthy. And, you know, looking at our D line this year for just for one example, it's like you lose one or two of those guys and it's like now we only have two bad D linemen instead of four. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. Anyway, but so it's just ridiculous to me because at the college level, with a team like we have, with the success rate that we've had, you just can't do that. 
You just yeah. can't do that. Like that's the type of coaching style that you can only really get away with. Like if you have a, like a veteran NFL team, you know what I mean? Like even Dan mm-hmm. Campbell watched hard knocks, man, their practices, they were hitting, they were hitting in practice because they're the yep. Detroit lions. They're not, they're not, they're not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not the, the LA Rams. They're not the, you know what I mean? They're the Detroit lions. Yeah. So they have to hit, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, um, and, and we're Nebraska. We're not Oklahoma. We're not Alabama. We're not Ohio State. So we need to hit. Like we need to be yeah. the most physical field or physical team on the field every every single game. That's how we're going to win yeah. these games, especially in the Big Ten. Man, I, I, I was I was talking to Mom about this today. It's like, man, looking at the rest of our schedule, we just don't match up well with hardly any team on our schedule. And um, if we were in the Big Twelve, if we had if we had a couple run and gun shootout teams to play. Maybe we could pull a couple of those out. Maybe we have the personnel on offense to keep up with something like that. But in the Big Ten, with these ground and pound, run it up your gut, keep the ball for eight minutes in every possession sort of teams, like, man, we are just not built for that at all. I look at Illinois. They're going to beat us by 35. I look at Wisconsin. They just lost to Ohio State by 40. I still think they're going to beat us by 40. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like the no, way these teams are built doesn't match up with us at all. Through four games of the season, you're right. Uh, we've seen Nebraska teams in the past, even under Scott Frost, first couple of the games, same mistakes, same mistakes. By about midseason, they started to fix them. By the time it was too late to make a bowl, really. But they teams can progress through the season when you make changes. 100%. Um, and it happens a lot. And I think Mickey's on on paper, stuff he's saying, looks like he's doing the right stuff to make changes. Will it work? Look, the, the we'll argument we're making with Mickey now, the, the argument we're making with Mickey now is basically the arguments we made about the team going into the season. And while our arguments didn't hold weight, I still stand by them, which is that these are young kids, that momentum is a big deal in college football, that all you need is one swing to get you on the right track, and also, like we've talked about as of recent, if you truly haven't been hitting in practice and all of a sudden you start hitting in practice, that's going to make a big difference with, with, your, with your ability to, to play in game speed. Yep. Um, it just is. Um, and, and we'll see if that, if that yields any dividends. Now, they, have two, they had a bye week, which kind of, with all the change and everything, came at the perfect time. And Mickey said mm-hmm. as much. Um, and then we have perhaps our two easiest games remaining on the schedule, which is Illinois and then Rutgers. Rutgers is an away mm-hmm. game. I'm a little more nervous about that one. Or, but, but, but Indiana, sorry, Indiana and then Rutgers. Indiana, Rutgers. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see, and we'll dive a little bit more into, in, into Indiana. But this weekend there were some interesting games, man. No, there was. There, was, there were some good games. Uh, which which one stood with, out at you? Throw one out at me. Uh, I mean, it's got to be Adrian. Yeah, we'll talk about that. It, Let's do it. That was a great yeah. game. No, it's it's got to be Adrian because I was sitting there watching the game and he looked like I, I've I've watched the past couple of games that he's been playing in, and you know they're not asking as much of him. He doesn't really have to carry the team on his shoulders, but also he kind of still looked timid. Kind of still looked like he didn't want to revert back to his old ways, and I think he went into this game going after their loss last week, and that was what K State faithful and all them that's what they were talking about he was timid he didn't he's experienced that before you know he's lost to a team like that before at nebraska yeah yeah. and so i think you go into this week it just looked like screw it i'm gonna go play and Mm -hmm. he played so good 
and he was mm. able to overcome some of those demons of not being able to have a dry a sustaining drive to win the game like for the fourth quarter i was like okay you've done good what let's see what you got um right but you know he you know they went through it and we were up by seven but that was really critical because you know oklahoma had started to build a little bit of momentum on offense there was a little bit of a pucker factor you're playing in norman norman so the crowd's getting into it um that was a very important drive and just i I think it's one of those things that I'll always remember, which is weird in college football, when he runs it in and takes a bow. And th- that picture's everywhere now. It was perfect. Planned. Planned. Of course. Planned. But it was a good plan. But awesome. Yeah, no, awesome. Yeah, it was a good it was plan. Great, it was a great <laughs> visual. Great visual. And, you know, he deserves it. He deserves it he for does. all the crap that he got here at Nebraska. I've said this on the podcast before multiple times. Everyone always loved to bitch at Adrian for the one thing he did, but always forgot that he, we, the only reason we were in that game is because of him. Oh, 100%. And, yep, that's know. the reality. That's the reality. I mean, look, the reality of Adrian is um, he almost always passed the eye test when it came to the box score. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're looking at his numbers at the end of every game, pretty much – Actually, there was only a couple of games where I was like, ooh, Adrian had a really bad day that day. But for the most part, it was like, oh, man, he's pretty balanced. He had over 100 yards rushing a lot of the time, and he uh, most of the time had over 200 yards passing. And his uh, his his ratio wasn't the best, especially his sophomore and, and junior year. Um, but uh, he was turnover prone. But the reality was when you watch the games, he, he looked like a dumpster fire because – the, the turnovers would come at the worst possible the times. Worst time. So worst you didn't time. have to look at the box, sto- box score to get a story on Adrian Martinez. All you had to do was watch the highlights. And um, today, or yesterday, or two days ago, sorry, um, it, it finally lined up because he had a great game box score-wise. I mean, he, he, had, he was like 24 for 37 passing with 242 yards, and he, he had like 14 or 15 attempts with 144 yards rushing. And if mm-hmm. you watch the game – those those rushing stats especially hit at the critical times he had a third and 16 that was that was uh they were up by a score but oklahoma had started to take over a little bit of momentum and they were and they they had two negative plays and they were backed up and it was third and 16 they called four verts empty backfield um adrian escapes and just like I mean, he just, oh, he didn't, he, the I'm the getting chills collapsed. just talking about it, man. The, po- the like, pocket collapse was starting to collapse. He felt it, and he just he just went. He said, "Okay, yeah." It was like yep. the Thanos five. I'll do it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was you it know? was awesome. It was yeah. really good. It was great to watch because um, people like to say that Adrian took a lot of crap here at Nebraska. Adrian took a lot of crap here at Nebraska. Okay, okay. Let's go, guys. Let's put this in a little perspective, okay? Now, I've heard some stories here and there. I'm not going to speak on some of those. But as far as like the fan interactions that I've had and what I've said and what I've seen, in my opinion, as long as it's not personal, a fan of an organization or a football team or whatever has every right to criticize an athlete's performance on the field. <laughs> That's what we're here yeah. for. You know what I mean? Like, yet, like at the end of the day, like we are going to love you if, if you come in clutch for us and you're making all the plays. And we're not going to love you it's, if, if, if it's the opposite of that. And I think mm-hmm. that this year, in, in, in a lot, lot of ways, especially the dichotomy of these last two week, weeks, as Nebraska fans has sort of revealed 
the 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 uh, tricky little secret of the whole situation, which is that especially last year, Adrian's a baller. And if we didn't have Adrian, I don't think a lot of those games are one score games, to be honest with you. No, um, they're not. And uh, they're, they're not. They're not. And Scott got fired two years ago. Really? Yeah. Uh, without yeah. him. Um, yeah, that like, could be true. Like, okay. Damn you, Adrian. <laughs> Damn you, Adrian. Yeah, you I were take too it good. all back. You were too good. Now You're we don't like good. you because you were too good. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and, and something I, I read, um, it was I think it was on Twitter or something, and it was like uh, there's a lot to be said about whose fault it was in Nebraska. Both have been blamed, Scott Frost and Nebraska. The only thing I'll say is, look at what just happened to Adrian and the outpouring of love and affection from all of his former teammates. When Scott got, Frost got fired, where were the thanks, coach? True. And you know what? Scott Scott has gone radio silent on Twitter as well. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, not just after the firing. I'm talking about, like, the last year. Like, look at yeah. the dude's Twitter. Like, he hasn't tweeted, retweeted, or, or like – been active at all and like since april or, or march even um, there's no reception and, in the golf simulator <laughs> yeah 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 there's no re- there's no reception in the golf simulator building uh we're not funny. gonna talk about it though <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no if you know you know if you know you know um but uh no but anyway yeah that was a great game man and the, and like i said the dichotomy of watching oklahoma nebraska's oldest rival who we almost beat last year on the road with adrian <laughs> come in <coughs> excuse me sorry come into our house last week and put a total steaming beat down <laughs> we'll call it on us and then and then the very next week k-state with their new fifth year fifth year starting quarterback but for a new team you know, <laughs> comes in to to Norman and beats him. It was just, it was the irony of the situation was not lost on me at all. I will say, mm-hmm. I am very happy for Adrian, but the irony of it as a Nebraska fan is, uh, for in certain aspects, a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? I think you sent me that thing on Twitter. Like, Nebraska now is the VHS tape from the ring. <laughs> oh no no like, I, I don't know if i said but i saw that i, I totally saw yeah. that <laughs> it's so like after after you play us it's the kiss of death and if you look at it it's come to pass <laughs> oh every yeah team that's every team every team uh yeah did, i mean there was there was some good South, there was some other good South games Dakota, did they lose too uh South Dakota, no them. no yeah we're like one the, oh yeah teams are one in five since playing nebraska that's the stat that teams are one just teams are one in five since playing Nebraska. <laughs> That's so bad, man. Watch out. Watch out. We're yeah. coming for you. Because <laughs> Georgia Southern lost. South Dakota, or South Dakota, or what is it? North Dakota. They're the only team that's won. North Dakota, yeah. They're the yeah. only team that has won a game since playing Nebraska. <laughs> and they're an FCS team. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so there was a lot. The, the, the other games that were interesting yesterday were interesting because of the coaching search, really. Um, and, uh, I mean, the Husker coach bowl, right? Yeah. There was the Husker coach bowl. And then there was the, the Leipold bowl, um, which was everyone seeing if Leipold can get KU to, to, to four and oh, because let's, let's be honest. If Leipold can get them to six wins this year, Mm -hmm. he's a candidate. If he can get them to eight wins this year, he's the top candidate, to be honest. 
<laughs> like like I pulling know. that steaming you're... dump of a of a of a dumpster fire of a program out of a heap like like that and bringing them to eight wins in your second year. I mean, that's going to put you on the top three do you, regardless. Do you want to hire? Here's the thing. I know he's a good coach. And I know anywhere he go for the most part, anywhere he goes, he's going to have success because it looks like he has the right fundamentals down and he has the right head on his shoulders. He's a little bit older, too, so it's not like another Scott Frost situation. But do you really want to hire another coach coming off another second-year miraculous turnaround? Well, I, that that argument's mute, in my opinion. It's just not the same thing at all. He's just got a different resume than Scott Frost. He 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 uh, he um, was at Wisconsin Whitewater, like we talked about, won six national titles. Before that, he was the the uh, he was a defensive staffer and head of the recruiting department for Frank Solich under two thousand uh, from two thousand to two thousand and three. So he has Power Five recruiting experience. The other thing is watch KU's team. Two years ago, you watched KU's team, and it was like, oh, they're not even going to be competitive at all. They don't have a chance. And you watch them yesterday, it was like, oh, they could probably compete with Texas or Oklahoma. Maybe not in the trenches, but they got dudes at their at their uh, skill positions. They legitimately do. Um, and it's like, how do you do that in two years? Um, yeah, so, that quarterback is good. That so to me, real good. to me, Leipold, I call him Mr. Keep the Boys in Town is basically who I call him, Mr. Keep the Boys in Town, because he's going to come to Nebraska with connections to Nebraska. Um, and, by the way, uh, it's confirmed Mickey can't get fired. He, mm-hmm. If he wants to be here, he's here. Um, that's that's in his contract. Um, so he'll, he'd probably keep Mickey, and he might even keep one or two of the other guys um, just for recruiting purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think he knows what he's doing when it comes to program building. Now, is he my top candidate right now? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I do think that there are three or four guys that Nebraska is taking a serious look at right now that would have easily been top candidates in the last two or three searches. Does that make sense? It's like you look at some of these dudes' resumes, and it's like, man, kind of on all three of these guys, you can't really go wrong. What are you talking and, about? You're talking about okay. Leipold? You're talking I'm talking about, about Leipold. I'm talking about Aranda. And I'm, I'm talking about Urban. I mean, Urban's still that third guy. Um but especially Leipold and Aranda, both of those two dudes, you look at their resume and the connections to the school, the fit that they could potentially have here, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, those each are, would be top top choices in the last cycle, Depend, you know, even no matter what the names were, were being thrown around. You know what I mean? So he, yeah. Here's a stat I'm going to throw out to you, okay? And I think it's our problem, um, and it's something that nobody is talking about. And I thought about the other day. Looked all over the online and I could not find it. Do you know the last time an NCAA football game was released? Oh, there's July a correlation. 9th, July 9th, 2013. Bo's second to last year when that team was still good. We were still ranked. The year after that, it was an up and down <laughs> year, but there was no NCAA video game. We have not been good since that game went released, unreleased. You know what's coming out next year? NCAA football <laughs> next year is the first time since 2000. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, that we'll that see. is no, no, that that's our troubles. I'm telling you right now. That's the trouble. That's the, yeah. We'll see. There, there's probably not a, a scientific correlation you could draw, but I do like, no, again, no, again, no, on the out. Kansas game, I do like how Leopold's team plays. He's got a hell of a quarterback. Um, Duke is a, not a bad team. 
That's the other yeah. thing I was noticing while watching. They got a good quarterback, too. He was throwing dimes here and there. Um, and that Kansas environment was kind of fun to watch. It was. Um, that, yeah, so that was a good game. about something without an orange ball. It was pretty cool. Yeah, so so that was one that was one that you were paying close attention to if you're a Husker fan. The other one yeah. was the uh, the Nebraska coaching bowl, the, the yeah, which, you <laughs> Baylor know versus funny? Iowa State. You know what's funny is like I watched a lot of the Kansas game. Um, I didn't watch a lot of the like the in between games between the early and the the late. Uh, I didn't really watch that game all that much. I was keeping up with the score. Um, I kind of knew that Baylor was going to win that game because I've seen I saw Iowa State play a couple times and you know I don't think he's a bad coach but I think he's in the right place and I don't want him to leave it's just stay in Ames yeah um, you know yeah I, like I don't think he's a bad coach I just don't think he would work here yeah he's too lax for this place in my yeah. opinion I've watched his yeah. coaching style um, I watched some mic'd up sessions with him I don't think he would be the worst hire in the world. I will say that I, I I would it would be a big wait and see thing for me. Let's see how his teams play if he does end up getting hired. Talking about Campbell, um, but I'll tell you I know why that that game was boring. You know why? Because why? Dave Aranda has a Big Ten team down there in Waco. That's why. You true. true. And, and true. he has exquisite line play, exquisite. And and his defense, I mean, his has an aggressive defense. I mean, I really liked what I saw out of Dave Aranda, his sideline demeanor. And just the more I look into him, the higher up of my, up my list he goes. Um, I think, like I, I think I've may, maybe have said this before, but I think that we'll call it, this is what it's going to become. So you get used to this verbiage. We are in the power two. We are in the Big Ten or the SEC. Uh, the reason it's power two is because TV coaching, TV TV contracts. We could get into that, but I feel like we already have. So we're on the power two, um, and the rest, what are they? Group of eight at this point, right? So if you're a group of eight team, you got to start getting worried about your head coach. I'm just going to be honest because some of these power two jobs are going to be open here and there, and you're just yeah. going to have a better shot to have the resources to be able to get it done at these schools because you're just making triple the amount in certain cases as these other schools. And for instance, if you're Baylor and, 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 and you're paying Dave Aranda 4.5 million, he's got a $6 million buyout. Then I, I'm not saying that, that uh, we could do it, but I'm pretty much saying we could do it. I think so. Um, I, I don't know how likely it is, but Dave Aranda is in my opinion, the perfect fit. I also want to note that Mickey mentioned him by name in his press conference the other day. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, not a lot of freaking people did. Okay, Mickey mentioned him by name in his press conference the other day when he was talking about Bill Bush. He was like, well, he played under Dave Aranda, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's kind of like the Bill Belichick thing with Lamar recently where he mentioned his contract. It's You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like... I don't want to read too much into that, but Bill Belichick doesn't talk a whole lot about players' contracts in press conferences. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if you're Mickey Joseph as an interim head coach, I'd say the same thing about potential <laughs> potential head coaches that they would hire because you're trying to get the job. I'd keep those dudes' names out your mouth, to be honest. Like, if yeah. I were him, like, that, that's yeah. all I'm saying. And he mentioned him by name. Um, and I read a post today that sort of summarized Sort of what I was feeling about Dave Aranda. Um, speaking as a philosophy professor, Aranda sounds like a legitimate 
Lover of learning. I'm obviously biased, but I had no clue he was like this in an interview. So many coaches have been compared to Tom Osborne, but if you look at Aranda's actual liberal liberal arts educational background and listen to him speak, the resemblance to T.O. is actually warranted way more than, say, Riley's simple, gentle demeanor. People forget Tom Osborne has a doctorate in education psychology, or at least fail to understand the likely correlation between his education and his success. Aranda appears to be a great communicator, but he probably has a wealth of approaches he can take to convince players why they should work hard and be good people. Also, don't let his calm demeanor fool you. Aranda's continual learning screams alpha. It makes sense. He worked hard with Leach as well. I see why uh, uh, Trev Alberts might be pulling out the stops here. He's a great, great fit. Donors would love him, and so would players. He would mesmerize them. I... That's a great that's a great summary of pretty much exactly how I felt when I saw his interview. Like I I didn't know much about the guy. Uh, I heard college football analysts talking about him and Baylor and all that stuff, but I just didn't know much about the guy. And then I saw his interviews and I was like, "Oh, this dude is smart. Very smart." And mm-hmm. you're almost hanging on every word he's saying. He's that type of type of coach. And I I want to make a note that he was he was um Wisconsin's D coordinator under Bielema with some of the best defenses they had. And, yeah. and he was LSU's D coordinator in 2019 when they won the national championship. He was their D coordinator right. from 2016 to 2019, some of their best years. And, mm-hmm. and then after 2019, once the dumpster fire started, he got the heck, heck out of there and went to Baylor, went well, two and got, seven. He got hired after that year, and then they hired Polini. Right, went went to went went to uh went to Baylor, went two and seven in the COVID year, two and seven, which was a weird year for everybody. But then the very next year, went twelve and two and won the Sugar Bowl and the Big Twelve. So it's a, there's a lot there. I I just think he would be the perfect fit. I think he's another guy that likely keeps uh, Mickey and probably Bush as well. Um, yeah. And uh, it's just yeah, the only hesitation i have which i understand coaching where he's coached he's coaching the sec he's coaching the big 10 but right now he's a head coach in the big 12 it doesn't always translate even if it looks like it will on paper right um i i don't think he i think he would but i don't want another this is going to take three years and i don't think husker nation could handle that either you need well it depends on what the three years look like because it's not a high Fair. bar around here. You know Fair. what I mean? That's my point. It's not Fair. a high bar. You're right. When at all. Scott got hired, it was like, okay, we're going to start winning 10 games again. And right. Then it was like, okay. Well, uh, no. Nine, I remember <laughs> I remember national commentators. I remember Colin Cowherd. Remember Colin Cowherd? They hired Scott Frost today. I've always said that Nebraska is a five-year rebuild. It's a five-year rebuild. So stay patient, Husker fans. It'll be five years. Well, here we are on year five, Colin, Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd and uh we gave him too much time that's what we yeah. did we gave him too much and and I remember the sentiment in this look I was there at the Colorado game his first game I remember the st- sentiment in the stadium was like it's not going to be there immediately like it'll take a couple of years it'll give him a couple of years give him a little bit of a leash and I don't sure, think that's but- like I think with a good coach sure. result, especially on a team that's as low and as down bad as our team, <laughs> I think with a but, good to decent coach, you'll you'll be seeing results pretty immediately. I'm I'm sure. just gonna be honest. Think Whether about, it's think about this though, since Cal Callahan probably, when have we had a 
losing seasons back to back. We hadn't had that in a very long time. Even Riley didn't have losing seasons back to back. He had a bad year his first year. His second year was okay. And then he had a bad year his last year. And so Scott's first year, they were still expecting to go to a bowl. That was still the, like, and then the year after that, that was, we were supposed to win. Oh, win we're in West. dire straits. And so, I agree. So now it's gone for so long since we've seen that success. Yeah. The bar is lower now because yeah. we're so far removed from having that success that we would die to have Polini success right now, which the second right. curse. Like, I agree with you. We're, we, yeah. we're, the bar is very low. So my point is because the bar is very low, the coach is going to have a longer leash just because of that, because success, here's the thing. If you are a legitimate, if you're the real deal, okay, if we hire a guy and he's the real deal, we will see improvement in two years. And we will be good in three years. That is how it works, no matter where you are, okay? And coaches that are the real deal have proved that wherever, whenever, doesn't matter. If you're the real deal, you will see improvement in the first year, major improvement in the second year, and you'll be good in the third year. But, but, look at how much talent we actually have on our team. Like, on paper, look how much talent we have on our team. We have very good athletes on our team. I agree, but you can't judge it by it, that. No. But even like you look at them, they're good athletes. Okay, they're good athletes. They're poorly coached. Yeah, they're poorly coached. Yep. So you take that roster. If we can really cut down on attrition, then any coach that's going to come is going to bring players from their teams. Boom. Okay. So you bring that in with our guys. It's not. It shouldn't be that much. That it shouldn't be a three-year rebuild. That's what I'm trying to say. It's I not agree like with coming, you. It's not like coming in with Riley when we were depleted. We were depleted. We had. At Stanley Morgan and Spielman on offense, and I can't even remember somebody. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, I guess, on defense. Uh, Doman was there, but he wasn't Doman yet. Uh, like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. we have the pieces there if we can keep them in place. Well, what has been the key word of the, pretty much this podcast so far, right? If. Culture. No, culture. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. this podcast, this episode, yeah. culture, yeah. right? Culture. So, like, that's been the issue. What What is attrition a result of? Sometimes it's the result of your success because you're Alabama and you're Georgia and all of your third string four and five stars are leaving. But yeah. that's that's a, a good part. But that's not us. That's not us. <laughs> us, it's yeah. a result of our culture. It's a result of, of, of players not being bought in. It's a result of players, you know, you know what I mean? They're not recruiting their ro roster well enough. Um, so a good coach, like the, the, the guys we're talking about, Leipold, Aranda, uh, uh, even Campbell, those dudes have good cultures. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, and if, if that, that, that guy can come in and establish his, his culture here at Nebraska, any of those dudes, I agree with you. We do have talent on the roster. We've, that's never really been the problem. We've always had talent on the roster. Um, I mean, look at the same thing with Texas, right? They've always had talent on the roster, but they've, they've had culture issues. The reason I'm thinking about Texas is because I had the thought this week that I was like, I was like, damn, man, Casey comes to Nebraska, and then he gets a beat down like that. He probably hasn't experienced <laughs> that. And then I remembered. I was like, wait, bro, he's been at Texas. <laughs> like, he's been at Texas, bro. Like, he lost to yeah. Arkansas by, like, 40 points in the second game. His first start, like, his first start yeah. or something like that. He lost to Arkansas by, like, 40 points. Yeah. Um, and no, a, lot but, of, a lot of the kids on our team haven't experienced a loss like that because we haven't no. lost like that in a while. I think yeah. the last time we lost like that was when Ohio State came in, Scott Frost's second year. 
Yeah. Like, well, I mean, the, right. The, that is the concerning down. thing. That is like when you look at all of it, that is the concerning thing because say what you will about Scott, but his players never gave up. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to put anything on Mickey. Look, this situation that Mickey has been, <laughs> this, this situation that Mickey has been uh, put into is like, he's literally trying to stop a big rig with Flintstone breaks. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, like he's sticking his feet through a damn big rig and trying to stop it with his damn feet. That's that's what it's like, and and, and so you so it's a hard job, and it's yeah. definitely hard when you're talking about six days and Oklahoma's coming into town. So I'm not going to judge him too hard on that. But if you are going to say anything, it is concerning that the one game, the first game in a long time that we've seen players genuinely give up, uh, was was yeah. was uh, the first game Scott's gone. Um, now we'll see how it plays out. I'm excited to see how it plays out. To be honest, I hope that yeah. that uh, because it'll be very it'll be euphoric if Nebraska can have a semblance of a football season at all this season. It will be euphoric oh. because we've just been whiplashed left and right these last couple yeah. weeks. Uh, and if I, we okay. can finally be like, oh, we're gonna go to a bowl game at least or something like that, that'd be crazy. There's something I want to bring up, um, and it was a preseason thing, and I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, because it, it was an outside view of what Nebraska should do this year. You went on that guy that does the Big Ten talk on YouTube. What oh, Mark Rogers, yeah. Mark Rogers. You went on him, um, and you were talking about the state of Husker football, and you said, like, we could win this many games, but we could win only, like, three. And he goes, there's no way you're not I remember winning that. I remember less that. than seven. <laughs> He said, there's no way. I've been a Husker fan a long time. I don't underestimate our ability to lose that many games. But it's not going to happen this year. So that's been sticking with me. (laughs) Me too. Because, dude, okay, yeah, on paper, on paper. But, you know, who really thought it was going to, you know, look like that? Nobody did. Nobody. Here's another thing that kind of uh, was going through my head when I was watching the Maryland uh, Michigan game. Yeah. We talked so much crap about Donardo when he went on oh, and said yeah. that Maryland had the best looking team that he'd seen so far and he had already seen Nebraska. We trashed him. We were like, oh my gosh, how could you think that? They look pretty good. They you know, I've been good. got by this before, okay? I've been got by this before <laughs> because I remember in 2012, Donardo. Went, did, did his Big Ten tour, and he was talking about how undersized our D-line is. He was like, our D-line's mm-hmm. so undersized, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, no, no. And and fast forward, we're playing 265-pound Cameron Meredith against you know Wisconsin late in the year. I mean, it's just like that. that's why we lost the Big 12 or Big Ten championship game, by the way, because we had 260-pounders in, in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. any, anyway, uh, yeah, so noted – Jerry DiNardo doesn't really have any stake or interest besides Big Ten overall. I mean, and maybe yeah. Ohio State, it could be argued. But, uh, <laughs> but In our defense, the other guys were saying the team looked really good. Yeah, I mean, he didn't say we looked bad this year. I'm saying, no, he, but no. we did make a note that he said, Maryland is the most talented team I've visited so far. And he had visited five teams. Uh, it was like Indiana, Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois, and then Maryland. It was like all those teams in Maryland. And he was like, Maryland's the most talented team. And I was like, one of these things is not like the other. Come on, we're Nebraska. Like, we're supposed to be way more talented. Yeah. No, when I, I, I was just thinking also the other day about how far 
as Husker fans are just how far like not just our program but our expectations have fallen and now like I look at like Big Ten teams and I think oh I hope that we can beat Rutgers and when that's not even something that you would even think how about, about this one how about this one I hope we can make it competitive against Minnesota this year I hope <laughs> like <laughs> Like yeah, they're they good, look, man. Minnesota's good. legit this year. They yeah, are they legit. Mo Ibrahim yeah. looks like he hasn't lost a step. Their O line looks athletic as hell. Like they got it they're going on. Minnesota it's, is it's a good team, rowing. and they don't rowing. play Michigan or Ohio State for the whole rest of the year. Uh, they don't even play them. Like, like really? their big their big crossover games. Penn State. Penn State. Yeah, Penn State, which is going to be a good game. Defense. It's going to be a good Penn game. State's defense looks pretty good. Their offense right. is, but that's Penn State ball. Yeah, and I and I do think Purdue will keep it close with Minnesota as well. I think both Penn State and Purdue will probably keep it close with Minnesota. Um, maybe even Iowa, just because of how good their defense is. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, uh, but but like we said, eighteen ninety one offense over there. <laughs> Every time I just turn to watch, I just see Petrus just trying to do something athletic and just looking like a stick that yeah. put wheels on and said, I'm going to be a football player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, what's funny is talking about Minnesota versus Michigan state. Michigan state is like, we, we us as Husker fans looked at them last year and was like, Whoa, they, they were really good. They went in the transfer portal and they got this guy and that guy and they are so good. We're going to use that model and we're going to be good. And then like we both, both teams this year were like Nebraska, number seven in the transfer portal. Michigan state was like number nine or something like that. And then, and then like, we're the worst two teams in the Big Ten, maybe. <laughs> like, like, Michigan yeah, State's and, pretty and, bad, bro. Their offensive yeah, line looked terrible. And Mel Tucker, every time they show him on TV during like the hotter months, he's just sweating like mm-hmm. he's like is a like a fat kid lo- looking at a hot dog. Like he's yeah. just like, and then mad. He's yeah. just so mad. Yeah, I mean, look, he's getting. He. The, he right I'm not going to criticize their too. contract with him yet. I'm not going to criticize their contract with him yet because he's still on that 2015 Alabama staff. Who knows what they'll look like in two years with Mel Tucker? Maybe he's going into assessment mode right now. He's already got a plan. But plus, it's oh, it's two game. It's what? But you know, ten years, ten years, ninety-five million dollars. It's ten years. Ten years. Oh, ninety-five gosh, million dollars. Yes, sir. And they just got walloped by Minnesota at home. Again, legit Minnesota team. I mean, nobody's doubting that at this point. They have taken, they have made short work of every team they've played so far. I mean, seriously. Um, And Tanner Morgan looks great. Mo Abraham looks great. Their offensive line looks really, really good. Their defense looks formidable. Like lives in like the Minnesota practice facility like i i, I flipped over forever. to that game i flipped over that game and i saw this uh corner blitz beautiful beautiful or maybe it was coming from deep like a safety blitz something like that it was a defensive back who blitzed for minnesota made a beautiful play tackled the quarterback i was like man that was an athletic play white kid who was that and it's like sack made by ryan stapp and i was like why do i remember that name looked up in my notes 12 5 2021 Player I want. It said Husker Pod at the top, and it said Player I want. Ryan Stapp. And I was like, Oh, that was the one they got. He was the one from Abilene Christian that I wanted, uh, uh, and he looks good. I was like, yeah. Damn, we could use a Ryan Stapp. 
Um, anyway, yeah. So that, that those were some good games, man. The other day, it was it was honestly like I said, one of the better, one of the, probably the best week so far. Watching just watching football, just because there wasn't any Husker football to stress about. Um, but True. there is this the, week. That, there is this week. <laughs> There's this week, and uh, I hope I'm not flooded. Uh, the, that hurricane could hit us. We're at least going to get a little bit of wind and rain um, down here. Um, you're you're fine, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that might. I hope that I can watch it, and it didn't because it's supposed to hit later in the well. Week, so might as well bust out the radio and. And get the uh, get get some tinfoil, get the get the antenna extender going. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you can I'm just dead. call me, and I'm I'll doing... do play by play. Yeah, because I was I was I was the best at that as a kid. I, I do remember <laughs> that. But uh, anything else before we wrap up? Uh, let's do our little little Indiana quick quick thing. You want to do that real quick, and then we'll do it. Uh, sure. Let's just give a. a we talked about Indiana a little bit yeah, already. Um, they're the they're the second worst team in the Big Ten, uh, in yeah. front of us. <laughs> and and uh, so this is going to be our best chance for a win here. So very important game for Mickey to get his win because he, like we said, in season momentum, something Scott never was able to do, and it's something <coughs> that if Mickey can do, it can it can really yield benefits going forward. Because if they can get a win and win under the belt, a week of practice after a win with a new regime. That's gonna uh, yield uh, positive, positive, uh, positive results. Momentum. Yeah. Momentum. yeah. So that being yep. said, uh, I think that that uh, the score is going to be Indiana thirty-five, Nebraska twenty-one. I don't have. Uh, I don't. I don't really have any any hope. <laughs> the rest of this, I'm not gonna lie. Like go Big Red. Uh, I'm rooting for them. Twenty-eight, twenty-one, Nebraska. Twenty-eight, twenty-one, Nebraska. All right. All right. I, I think I think that our offense can figure some stuff out. Um, there's a couple guys that are in the rotation now that haven't got a lot of playing time that I think are going to come out. Like Irvin ran right. very well against Oklahoma. I know is AJ Allen's hurt. I don't know like, if we mentioned AJ that Allen, on the podcast. Yeah, AJ Allen's he's hurt. hurt. Um, Broke his collarbone. He's hurt. He's done. But we still have Grant. Kevin we Williams as well. Man, we can get that run game going. We have different offensive linemen. Sometimes that adds a lot. Um, we have good skill guys. They just need to show up. If they show up, we're win. If they show in, if they show warm-ups, pre-game warm-ups, and I see Thomas Fedoni in pads, <laughs> my prediction would change. To be honest, I just think like a, I just think a player, another player like him that's going to be on the field would really provide a spark for our offense. And if our offense can get cooking and our defense can find some sort of a rhythm, we can wipe the floor with Indiana, but I don't know, man. I just don't know. Like, Scott Frost is gone, but, like, we haven't had success after bye weeks in, like, five years. We've, we're, like, 0-5 or 0-6. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, that's going to be it for today on the Cornhusker Corner. Um, always remember that there's no place like this podcast. This podcast.